Welcome to the On The Edge Podcast with your host, Scott Groves. Hey, what's up, boys and girls? It's Scott Groves with the On The Edge Podcast. I'm actually here with a new friend, uh, Stephen Dosu, who's coming to us from Turkey, via the Netherlands, via, you know, Togo, West Africa. So quite the world traveler. We got introduced by a friend of a friend, and a buddy of mine was like, man, you, you have to interview Stephen. He's one of the most uplifting guys. He's got a crazy travel story, transformational story, works with kids on uh, vision and tenacity. And so I'm just excited about the conversation. So thanks for being on, Stephen. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Scott. I'm excited. Well, just 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 to correct right there. Sure. Um, Scott, um, my work. Let, let, I mean, I, I I call myself a youth adv- advocate because I believe that the youth is the future. However, my work mainly uh, dealt not doesn't deal with kids, but mostly uh, young professionals and corporate. Nice. And, and yeah. tell me about, t- okay, tell me about your life. Cause obviously we got introduced by somebody here in the United States. You're originally yeah. from Togo. You were just telling yeah. me about, you were telling me before we started about some of your crazy travels around Europe, you're currently stationed in Turkey. So what, yeah. what, what is, what is your origin story? Like how does Batman start here? <laughs> action man. I've got the nickname action man. So, so, okay, Scott, here, here, here we go. Okay. I was born in Togo, T-O-G-O, West Africa. I need to put that out there because usually when I tell people Togo, they were like, Tokyo? I'm like, no, no not Tokyo, okay? <laughs> you know, you got to look at me very well, right? <laughs> I don't even have the Japanese accent. So I'm originally from Togo, West Africa. That was that was where I was born. And I was born in a little two-bedroom house, you know? I mean, in a, should I say, in fancy English, they would say he grew up in humble, you know, conditions. But the truth is we grew up poor, okay? Uh, Togo, Togo is a country that has about 7.8 million people population till today. North to the south is 600 kilometers and east to the west is 180 kilometers. So it's a very small, tiny country. And the basic salary there until today is less than $50 a month. Okay, so so yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you see that face you did there, yeah. So hear me very well, okay. I didn't say $50 a day, I said $50 a month, okay. So growing up, you know, in those conditions, walking to school 10, 15 miles every single day, um, I was lucky enough that at a certain point I decided to study economics and I did a basic projection. So I finished high school at 15, at 18 already, I was doing my first degree in economics. And I did a projection, I was like, okay, so yeah, are my life aspirations, you know, this is, I'm, I'm this, this kid, even though I grew up in those circumstances, I'm this kid that that's dreaming big, you know, I, I want to do things, I want to be out there in the world, I want to have an impact. Though I do not know how to, when I measure what my aspirations are and where I am right now, it just doesn't match. So what could I do? Where could I go? Which, which environment could I throw myself in? <coughs> Sorry. That could give me those opportunities. I looked around, give a shot to the USA, visa denied, give a shot to Europe, visa denied. I was like, okay, so where is the nearest African country that could offer me those opportunities? And I looked around and I picked South Africa. Now, Scott, you got to understand, in those days, I'm talking almost 12 years ago, for me to save money, I had some little bit of money saved from my daily from my daily hustle, selling computers here and there, you know, with the money that my mom would borrow. If you put all of that together, it could take me 
almost about five to seven years to save money to buy a flight ticket from Togo to South Africa. Now, a journey that I was determined to go to anyhow. So I packed my backpack, a few clothes in it, with less than $150 in my pocket. And I was like, hey, mom, it's time to go. I'm going to go change my destiny. What does that mean? It means whatever it took for me to travel from Togo to South Africa, that was what I was going to do. And that's what I did. And the journey took me about 18 months to go from one side of the continent to the next. And in those 18 months, my family thought I was dead. Okay. Now, those 18 months, Scott, they, they form a major part of who I am today because in those 18 months, I knew what it was to wear one jean and wash it overnight and wear it again, again, and again. In those 18 months, I knew what it was to have two or three days with no food, to be with no shelter, to have nobody to go to and call my own. And eventually when I landed in South Africa, I call it the promised land. I mean, I thought when I landed, you know, when I got into the country, everything was gonna be rosy, but that was a lie, okay? It was just starting. When I got into that country, I did all kind of jobs that you can ever think of. I bet you name anything right now on top of your head, and I'll tell you that I've done that. I've been a car, I've been a, uh, a truck, a truck cleaner, I've been a security guard, I've been a mason, I've been a carpenter, I've been everything. At a certain point, I was sleeping on certain premises, working like all these jobs that I just named. I was a security guard, I was a mason, I was a helper, I was everything on those premises. Worked there for three months with no pay. And I was living off expired food that was thrown outside by a supermarket that was right next door. Now, the question is, when I was going through all of, all of that, did I lose faith? Did I ever lose sight of what I was, what I was really after for? The truth is I never, ever lost, fight or lost sight of that. So right after going through this very very uh, emotional very very abusive experience by this white south african guy that called me names black monkey this and that you'll never make it i decided to start my own street hawking stand you know where i would go every morning from my shack of which the rent was 20 dollars, but i couldn't even afford it was one of those shacks that <laughs> you know in the shack you'll have these mice that will come and bully you and they'll eat your food too you'll be like what you gonna do <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'll go from that shack every morning, go on the side of the street and go and put my little cigarette and things there and, and be screaming, hi, sir. Hi, ma'am. Come closer. Let me tell you why you got to stop, take a moment and buy my apples today. Hello, ma'am. How are you? Come closer. You've got to grab a biscuit today. And I'll do that very enthusiastically every single day until one Wednesday afternoon, this gentleman approached me that, hey, listen, I love your energy. How about you come tomorrow to Mass Mart? Mass Mart is a division of Walmart in South Africa. How about you come through on Wednesday and I've got, I've got an interview for you. Come through for an interview. Really? Cool. Now, I didn't even know. I didn't even have anything to wear. So I went to this friend pastor of mine. He gave me a brand new trouser, a brand new shirt, and I wore those as if they were mine. Walked into the interview room. The interview's, uh, interviewer's name is Isabel Cookmore, blonde woman. Walked in, she saw me, she's like, whoa, man, how can you have so much confidence? I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I perceived that. Okay, you got the job. Just like that. I got the job. <laughs> so, so what's the job? Your job is to sell vacuum cleaners. Now, Scott, 
this, you know, like, like this may sound funny, but the truth is I was about 19 going to 20 then, but I had never seen a vacuum cleaner in my life. Okay. <laughs> I had never seen a vacuum cleaner. And my job was to sell that stuff. Okay, cool. All right. So I got given a sales script, went home, studied that, came back, played with the machine a little bit. Then from that day, I worked for three years nonstop, seven days a week, 12 to 15 hours every single day, making sales hungry like never before. Now, if anything's been, if anyone has been in sales, they know that sales in sales, numbers never lie. Now, because of my performance, the competitor company came to me and said, hey, listen, man, we come here Monday to Sunday at whatever time of the day you are here screaming on top of your land as if you're a machine. How about you come join us, not as a salesperson this time, but as an area manager, we have the opportunity to influence other 60 people of our team. I was like, oh yeah, we gotta give you card this and this and that. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm jumping on it. And I joined the company six months later, I became a regional manager from leading 60 people to 300 people from that. Six months later, I became a national sales manager. All right, cool. Then I see, all right. After working that company for a while, I left to start my own company of exporting hair product. And a year into business, there was a challenge with my co-founder and that everything that worked for Scott came crashing down. At that point, everything I've built for, the, for, for, the, for those past five, six years was gone. I was back to zero. And then the question I asked myself was, so what next? What am I going to do next? And when I look back, what truly made me great, what gave me success was not only my ability to be resilient, but also to lift other people up, to motivate them, to drive them, to coach them. And I remember whenever we had, we had a challenge in the organization, I would tell my, my CEOs, hey, bring all the salespeople up. And I would run a serious motivation talk. And everybody would roar, like, yeah, you know, and sales would just quadruple in the company. Like, all right, cool. So you know what? I'm going to dive into this, what I identify as my calling, as my gift. And that was four and a half years ago when I left South Africa to Asia. Okay, so I, I lived in Southeast Asia, Singapore, Vietnam, Malaysia, you can call those places. I lived there for about two or three years before going to Europe and before coming this side. So that's my story, Scott, in, in short. <laughs> I mean, man, there's so much there to pick apart. I want to go back to living in a house with uh, how many siblings did you say you have? Nine. Nine siblings, two-bedroom apartment. Yeah. You know, yeah. I heard you use words like, you know, I was lucky to get into a degree program and... I had a dream and you use the word hope. Those aren't usually yeah. words that people associate with. I'm living in a two bedroom apartment with 12 people and we're living on $15 a month. So, so what was it about your parents or your upbringing or a movie you watched or what happened that you had this desire and this dream? Cause I, I imagine when you go back to visit your family in Togo, I imagine there's a lot of people in your neighborhood that are just stuck in the same the same rat race. So what was what was unique about you or your siblings or your parents or growing up that gave you that motivation to say, no, I can go do much greater, bigger things? Why, why you? Well, that's a very, very, very great question, Scott, which I must say that has really never been asked me before on the very, very you know, like many interviews I've been on. You know, when I look back, even though we didn't grow up with much, I must say that uh, my father, for instance, I mean, he, he was polygamous. Okay? He, has, he, he has two wives, okay? But, but even though he was, he was not very present, whenever he was present, you could feel his, his how do I say, 
he's, he's, he had these firm uh, uh, rules and regulations by which he ran his home. So I remember that um, all you had to do, you had three, he told you like, listen, you had three things, all right? It's chores, it's books and sleep, all right? Like that's it, okay? He doesn't want any negotiating, any talk. That's what you gotta do. And that, even today, till today, you know, gave me a very, very good foundation in discipline. And, and I would say that uh, my father was an animist and my mom was Christian. Okay, So uh, I would say that during the week we go for rituals and then Sunday we go to church. So there was already a, a base, a foundation of faith base already, even though it was, it was split into different directions. I think there was already a faith base. Uh, belief system in the home. Now, if you ask me what made me different, Scott, I think those are part of it. But personally, I've always been this boy that whenever the crowd went left, I went right because of the conviction or at least what I believed in. And I've seen that happen throughout my life, through high school, through primary school. I mean, in high school, I was this guy that would go and write speeches and, and, and find a way to gather people and, and, and make them revolt against the entire system. Okay, so, I'm not saying that, you know, it was a good thing, okay? But, but I was just this guy that, for whatever reason, I had this particular view of life and I was willing to do anything, whatever it took to bring it to life. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about how old were you when you walked from um, from Togo to South Africa? I left I left my home at 17 and a half. At 17 and a half. And, yeah. you know, I've I've not had the pleasure of being uh, to Africa, even though I have some close friends that live in Kenya. And I, I know a lot of people that have traveled there. You know, my ignorant picture of Africa is there's a lot of very dangerous places to trek through. So what what was that route or what countries did you go through or how did you avoid danger? I mean, obviously, if your family thought that you were dead because you didn't check in for 18 months, you know, there was some danger on that trip. Um, what what motivated you to do it and, and what were some of the things you saw through that journey? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I want to share this with you. The phone I had then, yeah, I don't know if you remember those old Nokias. Yeah. Uh, this is the yellow yeah. screen. You can play snake on it. Yeah. Now, my... Mine, I had a, a rubber band, you know, the rubber band you use for money. I had a rubber band that I would strap the battery with. And then mine didn't have a, didn't have a, a keyboard. You know, the, it had a gum keyboard, you know. And, and, and we ring, I had a matches box. I would take out the matches and press it and pick the cord. <laughs> so, so you are right. I couldn't check in because, because I just didn't have enough to do anything extra, buy credit extra and call anybody. It, it wasn't enough, you know. So... The countries that I went through, uh, Scott, I went through a lot of countries. If anybody knows well the map of Africa, they know that when you leave Togo, going towards the west, you go through Ghana, Ivory Coast, and, and so forth. You're going towards the east is Benin, Nigeria, Gabon, Cameroon. Then you go to Congo. Well, look, Scott, um, where I stand today, at least I'm sitting here talking to you, I say confidently that if I hadn't died on that journey, the only day that I would actually die would be the day that I'm called back to my career, okay? Because I have seen, at least, at least I have seen some of the worst dangers ever, okay? I, I have seen people being gunned down literally on my left, literally on my right. 
but I kept going. Okay. So, 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 so I, I, I have seen what I, what I can confidently say that what humans would, would take us as the worst. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's tough. Cause as soon as you mentioned going through Cameroon and the Congo and whatnot, I, I realized that couldn't have been a, that couldn't have been a pleasant journey. So I, I, I'm interested, you know, you mentioned in, in South Africa, the, the gentleman that gave you your first kind of break, right. Going, going from your sidewalk hustle to the job selling vacuums. Um, you know, I, I heard a quote the other day where it says opportunities never go away. They just transfer to different people. And I'm, I'm wondering mm -hmm. what opportunities have come your way since that first job in the vacuum salesman where, you know, it, it's a brand new world, right? From vacuum salesman in South Africa to like, we're talking on a podcast, you know, you, you from Turkey, me from California, like what, what were some of the additional opportunities or some people that helped you along the way that really stand out? Mm, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I was just talking about that with a friend of mine today. And, and I was talking, I was sharing with a friend that when, when you are in a journey to fulfilling your life purpose, whether you know it or not, all you've got to do is to pay attention to the signs. And those signs are step stones that will take you towards where you are called to be. And, 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 and Scott, for me, until today, I've had... I've had countless opportunities, just like how you say it right now. I mean, for me to be on your podcast right now, I, it took Nika Johnson to say, hey, listen, go through my page, click these following links and, and contact these people okay? and, and, and tap into the American audience. Okay? And, 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 and what I'm saying is that going back to the quote that you said is that mine, mine says that luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Right. So, so, so basically luck is also defined by, you know, one wise man that luck is the lack or hazard. What we define, what we term as luck or hazard is the manifestation of a law we have no knowledge of. Right. So, so what, what I'm saying is that when you are in the pursuit of your purpose, when you are doing what you've got to do, people will just come along. And, and say, hey, listen, how about this? Hey, listen, I've got this for you, I've got that for you. So if you ask me, what are some of the breakthroughs, or at least I call them, what, what are some of the doors that have been open or held down for people to say, hey, walk through, or here's a window, go through so you can go through to the outside. If you ask me, what are those windows? Oh, Scott, I, we can start today, but, but we only finish, you know, in 2029, okay? <laughs> only finish 2029, because I can tell you about, I can tell you about how, uh, before, before I was on that little, little, little um, um, street hacking stand, I can tell you about how I went from being on those premises working as security guard, you know, and a mason and leaving off those those expiry food. How I went from that to, to just having a normal conversation with somebody that said, "Hey, listen, go on this farm. You work on the farm. You live there, and they'll pay you a bit of money." Okay. How I went to how from there I went to that farm. From that farm, I saved a bit of money, and somebody said, "Hey, listen, yeah, do you know that you can actually do a car center certificate in Johannesburg, the city center, and maybe you got a job?" Like, oh, really? All right, so I saved money. I went to the to Johannesburg city center. I failed. I came back. I saved some money. I went back again. I failed. I came back again. 
I can tell you that from that farm, how I went from that farm to working on, on a premises where I was, I was a laborer carrying cement things all around. From there, I went to work on a certain premises where I said good morning to my white secretary, to the white secretary of the boss, and I got fired for that. <laughs> okay. So, 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 Scott, what I'm trying to tell you is this, is that if you, if you want me to count all the breakthroughs, all the doors that have been held down for me to walk through to be what I am today, they are countless. And if anybody listening to me right now that has been there for me, I salute you, I, I praise you, and I thank you for having been there for me. But I guess, I guess the message here for the listener or the viewer for that matter is this. Lack is when preparedness meets opportunity. You cannot expect to get a breakthrough if you are just stuck, if you just pause, if you are not in motion. Okay. You've got to be doing something. You've got to be taking a certain set of action. For you, it, 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 it may count for nothing. But while you are in the action, okay, it's when you find gold. The African proverb says what? African says, proverb says that, that you never find, or at least you never discover wealth when you are sitting on your ass at home. You discover wealth. <laughs> When you take a step outside. Oh, that's my kind. That's my kind of proverb. You won't find wealth sitting on your ass at home. I like that. That's better than all the Asian proverbs. I I need to look up some more African proverbs. I like that. Um, so so you know, fast forwarding. Obviously, you kind of find your 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 voice in leading people and being the regional manager and being able to motivate people and started your own business and like you you really found your stride leading other people and motivating. How yeah. does that become? the full-time job, you know, the beautiful curated website you have, the corporate speaking gigs, the yeah. the coaching programs, the videos. I, I watched some of your stuff in preparation of this call. It's like, yeah. wh where's the evolution from, I'm a regional manager at, you know, a subsidiary of Walmart, to like, no, mm -hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have the confidence to go on my own and travel mm -hmm. the world being a public speaker and a trainer and a, a corporate ambassador. Like, how, how does that happen? Other than your shirt saying, be different. You know, that clearly, clearly that's your mantra for your whole life. But how do you yeah, make that, how do you make that jump? Like, how's that next stage become? Yeah, you know, um, I define faith as the ability to believe in things that don't exist as yet, okay? Um, uh, the Bible is one of the greatest books that I read time to time. It says that there's power of life and death in our tongue. And if we, if we have the tongue, we should then use it to speak things to existence as though they were. Okay? Now, Scott, it says also that where there's lack of vision, people perish. Okay? Now, now in, in the new translation, it says that where there's absence of vision, people do not flourish, okay? Now, if you ask me, what was the job and how was it like? Now, I have to be vulnerable here. I have to tell you the truth that, not because today I'm doing what I'm doing, that when, 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 when I, I reached that four-way stop, when after everything I've worked for for the five, six years, 12, 15 hours a day, sometimes, I mean, I mean when I was in corporate, uh, uh, Scott, my colleagues would make fun of me that, hey, man, like, you got to have to give, out, give up your apartment because you're never there because I'm always traveling. I'm always on the grind, okay? I come back, all I do is sleep. I mean, sleep for two hours, shower, and off I go again, traveling across the country, across the southern area, doing what I have to do, okay? Hungry like more than ever. So 
after putting so much work and trying to build up a company and everything came crashing down and I was back to square zero, what I had to do, the first thing I had to do, Scott, was very simple, was to go back to the law of faith, which is believing in things that don't exist as yet. Which, which was to go back to law of vision, where he says that where there's no vision, people do not achieve, was to go back to the law that said that we must speak life into our lives with our tongue with which we should call things to existence as though they were. So that's what I did. When I looked back, I was like, you know what? Look, I believe that everybody has a gift. Okay, Dr. Mars Monroe, he says that we are all born to be leaders but not leaders of people necessarily, but first of all, leaders of our own area of gifting. And to our purpose, to our calling is attached to the tool that we're supposed to bring that calling to life with. And that tool is our gift. So, so I decided to tap into my gift. I decided to, to use my gift, which is the one of speaking, to build the business out of it. But here's the thing. <laughs> I had no point of reference. Scott, guy, like there's no speaker in my family. The last time I was speaking to my nephew, he was like, hey, you know, uncle, when I grow up, I want to be a speaker. I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, when, when I was your age, when I tell that to my dad, I want to be a speaker, he probably, he probably would have slapped me or something. Okay? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like hey, boy, wake up. Like, who would have had to put that in your, in your hand? Like, take me there. I, I, I want to smack that person. Okay. So, so I couldn't have told that. There was no point of reference. Okay. And I tell, I tell about that in my book, How to Be an, Un an Unforgettable Orator, which, which I'm going to give you the link, Scott. You can give it to your people for free. They can download that. That okay. I had no point of reference. And therefore, when I landed in Singapore, trying to do my thing in Southeast Asia, I spent nine months in business without a single client. Okay? <laughs> nine, nine good months, Scott. Let me just double it. I don't I, 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 had to, I had to teach English lessons. I had to do this, do any kind of thing just to keep my business going. Okay, so, so I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act all rosy and, and, and do the big talk. No, there's not it. It took the grind. It took the persistence. I mean, I could have given up six months down the line or three months down the line that it looked, look, just, this, 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 just, this just doesn't work. Okay, right. there's no point of reference for me to go to. But I, I did, you know, what one of my best friends quote me for. I close the door and work. When you know that you don't have what it takes, what you've got to do, it's zone out. Okay, get into your zone, all right? Forget about everything and study. Study, 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 work, 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 okay? That's what I did. I mean, that's why today I talk about some people like, and I hope to meet them one day if they listen to me right now, people like Les Brown and T.D. Jakes. Now, what I did was I studied these people very, very closely. Okay, I looked at their speeches over and over again. How do they craft the story? How do they put in a quote? How do they stand on stage? Because I knew that I didn't have a ten or fifteen thousand dollars to go to any seminar or any workshop to learn how to speak or how learn how to coach. Okay, and I went back to my foundation. How do people transform? What happens? You know. So I, man, come on. If we come to where I am right now, I'm living here temporary, but I've got a library of more than sixty-six books that I've read in the past three months. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so I'm saying that if you ask me how I was able to do that, it's by working, ladies and gentlemen, it's by putting in the work. And again, believing, believing that if you believe it, you don't have to see it to believe, but you have to believe it so that you can see it. That is my word and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> you know, the, 
the theme that I keep hearing over and over again in everything you're saying is this combination of faith plus hard work, faith plus hard work. And I, I think in, you know, modern America, and you, you've seen a lot more of the world than I have, so maybe you can speak to this in other countries. I feel like in a lot of America, there might be the faith, but the faith is a little bit misplaced and they're not putting in the hard work. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe their faith is in government or their faith is in somebody else is going to help them or their faith is in, you know, uh, Christianity, but then they don't put in the work, right? Or there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that are a little bit rejected and dejected and they're like, I'm working really hard, but I don't have faith that there's a payoff. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when I look around at the problems, at least in America, you know, what you're saying just rings true to me that there's a lack of either faith in the system, faith in your country, faith in the fact that your hard work is going to get you there, or there's just simply a lack of hard work and people don't want to put in the work. So, you know, maybe you can speak a little bit to where you've seen that in a, in a good sense or a negative sense, like in your travels, is, is there a lack of faith in the world or is there a lack of hard work? Cause I feel like you have both of them, which is why we could drop you in another country with no money tomorrow and you would find a way to, you would find a way to make it cause you have faith and hard work. So what, oh, yeah. what are you seeing out there in your travels as far as this like overarching belief in faith, whether that's, that's God or anything else. Um, and then pairing that with the hard work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you spoke about dropping me in any country, I remember, well, I remember when I was uh, at a certain point, I hadn't mentioned that, but I was selling insurance, you know, on the pavement, <laughs> like where you wear a tie and you stand on the pavement at five from five o'clock in the morning, you reach the office, do some teach backs and seven, eight a.m. you hit the pavement doing high, so high, remember when you come closer, you know, I mean, you're trying to get people's bank account numbers, people's card details on the street. Hello, like some crazy, you pitch, you pitch the hell out of yourself and, and, and I remember, I remember when I got when I got that to that group, there was one lady that that walked up to me and said, "Hey man, listen, like I don't think this is kind of this is you cut off a leg, okay? You, you you are a little African from Togo somewhere. Like like this is this we have a community here. You, you're not cut off for this. And this is what I told her. Say, hey, listen, if you put me in a toilet, okay, with the people coming walking in the toilet one one at a time, I will close them. Okay, I will sell to them." <laughs> So, 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 Scott, when I started this interview, when we were talking about the youth, I was, I was saying that, um, and this is not only a problem of the youth. I, I've noticed that what we lack right now, most of people lack in the world right now, is the absence of vision. Okay, and and for you, for you to actually bring your vision to life, you have to believe in the vision, and that's what we're talking about—the faith. And then for you to actually put in the work because it's a process. There's a, there's a quote that says that what you become on your way to success is much more important than the success you achieve itself. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and that's, that process is a process that the truth is, is not always the way we want it. Okay. It is the way we need it, but not the way we want it. Because what we want, we want it sweet. We want it easy. Okay. We want to lie on the couch and get that golden plate with, with honey and everything with that beautiful blonde girl sitting on our lap. That's how we want it. Okay. But the truth is, it's not going to come like that. It's going to drag you through the mud. It's going to slap you on, you know, on the wall. It's going to sweep you from everything. And it's only those that persevere through difficulties and pain that can find themselves with that success. So I'm saying, yes, Scott, this is not only an American problem right now. 
This is a disease that is eating us from all around the world. And that's why in my book, Be Transformed, I talk about the three demons of mankind, fear, self-doubt, and low self-esteem. The African proverb says that what the enemies outside can do us no harm if there are no enemies within. And the enemies, the enemies within are nothing more but fear, self-doubt, and low self-esteem. So, so, so it's not something only happening within America, but it's a virus, it's a mind virus that is eating the whole world where we don't believe in anything anymore, let alone the person in the mirror. We don't even believe in that person. To wanting to be taking little steps. Nobody, nobody's asking you to, you know, to start today and go conquer the moon. No, 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 no. If I am here today, if I if I'm able to do a 60-minute or 90-minute keynote speech today, engaging, powerful, inspiring, leaving people with wow. It's because I was able to start five, seven, five, five and a half years ago by two minutes motivational tapes. And then the two minutes became a five minute. If I'm able today to go once one round, 150 push-up every morning, it's because one day I started with five push-ups and it became seven, <laughs> became right. ten, right? So, 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 so I mean, the code says that we underestimate what we could do in five years and overestimate what we could do in one year. Because we are in a world of social media, and somebody somehow is gonna get a breakthrough. One out of out of seven billion is gonna get a breakthrough, do a one video, and then boom, he blows. No, the reality is not like that. You have to put in the work. And it may not be, it may, it may not be sweet, it may not be juicy. But if you push through, definitely you can get to where you wanna get. You know, it's so funny. I wasn't sure if you were gonna go there, but you mentioned social media. And obviously, social media is so powerful for the people that want to work at it. I get business off of social media. You get business off of social media. We met because of some connection on social media. But I also can't help but think that social media really plays into, especially with children, that fear, self-doubt, and low self-esteem. Because if you're constantly just comparing yourself to the other guy, to the other guy, to, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm not Elon Musk. It's like, well, there's only one fucking Elon Musk. Like, in, in 7 billion people, like you said, there's one Elon Musk. Like, I shouldn't be comparing myself to him. Um, do, do you see that when you do, you know, your volunteer work with kids and you're trying to talk to kids about vision? Do you see that social media is impacting those, you know, the fear, the self-doubt, and the low self-esteem? Oh yeah, so so much, Scott. So so much, and and you know what? The sad thing is, most of them are not even you know they they confess it, they say it openly that you know, social media depresses me. Okay, when I go through uh, the feed of my friends and, and I see this eighteen-year-old that just bought a Lamborghini, or this friend of mine that we left school just two years ago is now doing big things in in Dubai, or this it depresses me. So, Scott, yes, it's true. Social media is playing a huge, huge role when it comes to you know uh, people experiencing those three demons. You know, <laughs> I, I was telling a friend of mine that look, personally. If it wasn't for what I do, okay, if it wasn't for what I do, the fact that you need the right channels to spread your message across, I wasn't, you're never going to find me on social media, okay? you never find me, okay? Because, because I'm this guy that's, I just want to be in my corner, cook my African food, eat it, enjoy it, go through life, and read some books, okay, and, and have great conversation with people. I, I'm just that guy, okay? And if I'm blessed enough to have that beautiful woman by my side, 
Oh, come on, man. Like, let's go. Let's enjoy life one at a time. Okay. And, and you know what, Scott? At the end of the day, we can inspire a billion people today. At the end of the day, we can make the billion dollars that we want to make today. But life only boils down to that quality of life that we live. And, and, and in that quality of life, there is no social media. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no, there's no Facebook. There's no Instagram. <laughs> you see? So... I mean, this this basically through your question, uh, Scott. I want I want to I want to use this to 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 call to make a call to shout to give a shout out to all the young people out there that are listening to me right now. That you should never ever let yourself be depressed by social media because you know what the harsh truth is is that ninety percent of the content that is out there is fake. All, All right, bullshit. and I'm saying fake with capital F, like FF, like double F, okay? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I mean, if I say one F is two, we can double F and AKA, all right? It's crazy with capital K. So, I mean, you can't let stuff like that depress you, get into your subconscious and, and, and suppress you. No, no. The, the one that is in you is greater than the one that is out there, okay? Yep. You've got to take a stand and, and tap into your individuality because... As much as they are somewhere thinking right now, you know, uh, uh, let me put it this way. As much as they are on the ground thinking that, oh, the person in the tree is eating good food and, and, and I mean, good fruit, and they are living off the leftover of that person being thrown, uh, being thrown down. There is someone next door looking at them that, oh, yeah, he's standing underneath the tree and getting the best of leftovers. Do you get what I'm saying? So yep. what I'm trying to say is that I don't care how crap your life is. Okay. I don't care how rich your life is, but you too can be an inspiration to someone. Do you get what I'm saying? Sometimes the tough things we go through serve a lesson for others to be better. You get what I'm saying? So, so, so our life can be an inspiration to somebody. So if you listen to me right now, there is someone somewhere looking at you and thinking that if only I could have what Joe has, if only I could have what Anita has, if only I could be like Joanita or Lucretia, you know, and I'm, I'm using your, your American black names right now. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's somebody looking at you right now, if I just could be you and you owe it to those people, come on, to live a life that you want to live, the life on your terms, the life that, that, that has come in, the life that is a gift, okay, from the creator or the universe or whatever you may call it. You owe it your life to live that life free of what social media is feeding you. That's amazing, man. I, I got some questions. We're recording this December of 2021. It'll probably get released out to the public in like January of 2022. So when we're talking about Stephen, what is Stephen excited about going into 2022? Obviously, we've dealt with a lot of craziness the last couple of years, but what are you excited about getting back to doing or what's what's on your agenda for 2022 that you're excited about? All right. So, um, I mean, first of all, I, before I come to 2022, Scott, I, I want to tell you that my vision is that in 21 years from now, I want to be president of my country, okay, in 21 years from now. Now, before that, I want to be able to have inspired at least 750 million people, okay? I, I, I put the benchmark at 150 million, and then, and then I met... Uh, um, What's his name, man? Oh, uh, 
I met this friend of mine, his name is Mike. He's like, hey, man, come on. I thought you were a, 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 a big dreamer. Put that number up, okay? So I, I timed it five times, 750 million, and I'm on a mission to do that, one person at a time. So if you ask me, based on my vision, it's going to determine what my action plan is. It's going to determine what kind of life I live today. What are the things that I do, the people associated with, the channel that I use, what, the lifestyle I want to live. So if you ask me what I want to do in 2022, 2022 is my year that I want to crack my million dollars. And while I'm doing that, I want to have inspired at least, at least, at least 10% of, of that number of 750 million. So, so I'm, I, I'm on a ride. If you listen to me right now, you want me to come to your neighborhood, you want me to come to, I don't care, your church, your company, and come to talk to your people, give me a shot. I, I'm hungry, okay? I'm ready for you. Like, I'm, I'm going to eat the wounded ones too, okay? <laughs> and the prisoners as well. I'm eating everything. <laughs> That's amazing, man. I, I can't wait for 21 years from now to be able to say, like, man, we had the president of Togo on our podcast 21 years ago because I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against you. Um, you you're you're gonna do something great, man. Um, I, I always have a fun question that I like to ask. What's your favorite movie and why? Hopefully, it's something that we might have seen here in America. But what's your favorite movie and why? Oh, you sure have seen that. I mean, I think you're asking me a tough question though because hell, oh, man. But anyway, I will tell you. I think the favorite movie I've seen thus far because I've seen so many. You know, some of sales, some of business. But you know what? Um, to honor the act that started, I want to talk about uh, the favorite movie I've seen is Wakanda, Marvel. I'm a Marvel fan. Okay? Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah um, I love superheroes. Okay, <laughs> Wakanda. Wakanda is my movie, man. I can love the action. I love the guy. I love everything in the, the technology. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. We, I, I just took my five-year-old the other night to go see the new Spider-Man movie, and it's very good. So when you get a, when you get a chance to see it, it's excellent. I have to catch that for sure, yeah. Um, and, you know, you gave us a lot of ideas, a lot of great quotes, a couple of African proverbs. If you were going to leave people with one piece of advice, right, maybe they're a little bit frustrated or down on themselves over the last couple of years or they've had some challenges in their health or their business or whatnot, if you were to give some type of uplifting message to leave people with, to be like, hey, man, this is what you got to focus on to make things great, what would your what would your parting message be? Mm hmm Oh man, thou had asked a tough question, Scott. But I love your questions, man. Look, there is so so much I could, you know, I could share with, with people to take a stand, to find their voice, to, 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 to come to the light. Because you know, it's at the light that every beautiful thing happens. Okay. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Scott. Before coming to the light, you have to go through the dark. We cannot talk about the light without the dark, okay? We talk about the light, but dark, the darkness, it's senior to the light, okay? The light carries no value if there is no darkness, okay? And, and, and you know what? I'm sure that you, you've heard about the iceberg theory where people only see the top, they never see what's underneath it, okay? The transformation, the growth, happens in the dark you know those old uh, those old uh, films you know where where you take a picture then you have to develop it and, and what you have to go into the dark switch off the light put in the water and then shake it okay and then what happens a picture with color comes out right 
So here's what I'm saying. Okay, here's what I'm saying. Whatever you are going through right now, okay, I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is in your marriage. I don't care what it is in your business. I don't care what I, I don't care what it is that you're going through right now. Yeah, here are some things that I want you to take. I want you to take with you. Okay, take it. Hold on to them. Put it in your chest. Write it down. Frame it. Put it in your house. I don't care what you do, but hold on to these ones. Okay. Number one, understand that you should never ever apply a temporary solution. Yeah, a temporary solution to. No, what am I saying? I'm sorry. Let me rewind it. Okay. You should never apply a permanent solution to a temporary problem. There you go. Okay. Now, where am I saying that? Right now, I'm, I'm wearing a jersey. It's cold out here. But just two months ago, it was beautiful. It was summer. Okay. Everybody was how you're wearing short and everything. There's time for everything. Okay. Before you know it, that challenge that you're going through right now is a story that you're going to tell. But you cannot tell the story if you haven't gone through that, okay? So you cannot take that thing you are going right now and then start cursing yourself that, no, I am not worth it, that I can never make it. No, you can't do that yourself. Never, ever apply a temporary, a, a permanent, <laughs> oh, this girl's messing me around. Never, never apply a temporary, a, a permanent solution. Yeah, there you go, a permanent solution to a temporary problem, because before you know it, that problem will have gone. Number two, okay, number two, number two, number two, dream big, okay, dream big. Uh, there's, there's a famous writer that says, raise your standards, okay? Now, whatever you're dreaming right now, I'm gonna give you the advice of my times it by five, okay? If you are dreaming of making $100,000, okay? Or, or you know, if, if you are right now, just there and there, times it by five. Because the more you stretch yourself, the more you can achieve, okay? And, and when, when you raise that standard, what goes along with the standard is action. Take action. The only way you get feedback through the ideas that you have, through even the doubt that you are feeling inside, to those three demons. The only way you, you, you face those three demons heads on is by taking action. Because when you take action, you get feedback. You know what, all right, okay. You know what, I was actually thinking this, but you know, it's not as bad as I think. Okay, I mean, there is this girl. <laughs> There's this girl, Scott, you asked me, so I'm gonna share with you anyhow. There's this girl that was, <laughs> Was, was in that little front church when I was in South Africa, okay? And, and because I wear the same jean every single day, wash it overnight and put it back on, I mean, eventually that jean started to fade out, okay? It, it was, it was turning out, you know? But you know, I saw that girl in that church, she, the way she sang, she commanded angels to come down, okay? I'm like, you know what? I'm taking this girl out for coffee. I went to this girl, I said, hey, beautiful way, how's it going, you know what? really love the way you sing man like come on you can talk to me you know what this girl told me uh scott yeah this guy she looked at me and before i know it she goes like Bleh! she speaks on myself like 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 forget it Stephen. like like i will never ever 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 be there's this so that there's a racist word called for foreigners in south africa it's called quite okay it's like i'll never ever be with quite you know why because you smell you wear the same jean every single day i was like what god when I went down home that night, Scott, I swear to God, you know, like, I was like, man, man, this girl cut me deep. But you know what? I'm going to take that deep cut and transform it into a spring bar. Now, 
Guess who? <laughs> Guess who? This girl was texting just two years down the line. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, guess who? This girl was just two years down the line. That you know, that little guy that was wearing the same jean every single day is now driving a fortune and past their house. Guess who? That girl is texting like, "Hey, come on, man, you wanna have coffee?" I'm like, "No, I'm not having no coffee with you. Forget it." All right. Now. Where am I saying this, Scott? Where am I saying this? Is that whatever you are in your life right now. Now, for me, then I was like, you know, I know what I'm going through, but it's going to be okay. Now, whatever you are going through right now, there are going to be people that do not believe as to where you are. Okay. But what you make of those people believe in you is your choice, right? But other people's belief does not determine who you can be. It merely determines where you start. Do you get what I'm saying? So, so, so what I'm trying to tell you, Scott, is that those people that you mentioned earlier on that are going through whatever challenge they are going through right now, what I know for a fact that what kills people the most when they, when they are going through that, something like that, it's not even how they see themselves in the mirror, but it's how people see them, all right? We, we are afraid of, of, you know, of the fact that how people are going to think of me if, if, if I get a divorce. We are afraid, you know, what would my circle think of me if I let go of this, this, this company that has been killing me, in my, killing my finances. We are afraid of what other people may think. What I'm trying to tell you right now is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your vision. Embrace a new vision before you, because you know what? It will not be long before those same people that you are afraid of, of what they may think of you, those will be the very same people that will come and praise you, that will send their children to you to come and learn from you because you're a warrior, an overcomer, a game changer, a winner, because you are just great. That's my message, Scott. Thank you very much. <laughs> Man, that's that's the way to end the podcast. And and every time I'm feeling down about myself, I'm just going to go rewatch this video. I'm ready to go to jujitsu and like rip somebody's head off right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I have I have a lot of faith in myself. So whoever I wrestle with today is going to be in big trouble. Um, Hey, Steven, man, I really appreciate you being on, and um, I hope one day somehow um, there, there's an approved visa and you make your way to Los Angeles or Las Vegas. We spend a lot of time in those two cities, so I'd love to do this in person, you know, grab a drink and, uh, you know, go find you a, a, an American lady who's a big fan of Black Panther, and uh, I, I, I hope we can stay in touch, man, because I really love your message and I love all your stuff. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much, Scott. I got news for you. My brother is in the U.S. Army. He's been American for almost 15 years, so I've got a petition hanging for me. So probably by awesome. next year, I'll be getting I'll be getting a green card. So we might have that beer very soon. Perfect. That'd be great, man. We we'd love All to right, have we'd love to have you. America needs a lot a lot of quality immigrants, and uh, apparently we need more people from Togo. So um, thanks right. thanks for being on, man. We'll talk soon, and uh, we'll send you all this information as soon as it's ready to be released. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you for what you do. Appreciate talk you. Soon. Bye.